This is a Soulfire production. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest for you, Amrit Sandhu from the Inspired Evolution podcast. I first connected with him when I was a guest on his podcast, which was such an honor. And I had so much fun. He has such infectious energy. I had to bring him on this show to dive deeper into transformation and purpose. Amrit is an international speaker. He is, as I mentioned, the podcast host of the Inspired Evolution podcast. He is certified by Eckhart Tolle's School of Awakening, and he's also Mind Valley's master certified trainer for Australia and India. In addition to hosting his own podcast, he also does private coaching and he delivers keynotes, talks, seminars, and workshops for the Inspired Evolution and Mind Valley in the US, Europe, Asia, and Australia. If you enjoy this podcast, you will definitely love the Inspired Evolution podcast. It is a podcast that I personally love to listen to. So many deep, profound, transformational, eye-opening conversations are held there. And what Amrit and I have in common is we love exploration, deep conversation, personal development, And so we dive deep into his own personal story from overcoming mental health issues to stepping into his purpose, living his purpose, and some really tangible tips for you on how to live your own purpose. He is such an incredible soul. His energy is infectious, and I know you guys are going to love this episode. If you want to connect further with him, check out his podcast, the Inspired Evolution Podcast. You can also find him on Instagram at inspired underscore evolution and amrit.coach, as well as on YouTube at inspired evolution and facebook.com slash inspired evolution. All links will be in the show notes as usual. This is a conversation you're probably going to want to listen to quite a few times. It was so much fun to record. And I know I'm going to be listening back a few times myself because it was just such a great conversation. Super excited to hear how this one lands with you guys. So enjoy this chat with Amrit Sandhu. My new book, Pain, Love, and Purpose is officially available for release. And I cannot wait for you to get your hands on this. Pain, Love, and Purpose is a poetry book. And uh, these poems are separated out into three sections, pain, love, and purpose. And this book is really an exploration of how we can turn our pain into our purpose and how pain is often the thing that leads the way for us to really uncover deeper love and real purpose in our lives. This is the most vulnerable thing I've ever released. It details specific experiences and relationships from my own life, moments that have cracked me open, moments that have shaped me and really built me. But in those stories, there is something that is relatable for everybody. I really believe that emotions are what connect us, even though we might not all have the same exact life experiences, where we can connect to each other is through our shared emotions. And that is what this book is about. It would mean so much to me if you picked it up. When you hold this book in your hands, you really are holding a piece of my heart. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It will make you feel all the feels. And it might just shift your perspective on certain situations in your own life and help you really reconnect with your own purpose. You can head to Amazon and search for pain, love, and purpose. You can also go to painloveandpurpose.com and find more information there. If you do pick it up and you enjoy it, if you leave a rating and a review on Amazon and then take a screenshot of that and email it to media at christinathechannel.com, we will email you back a free meditation to help you reconnect with your own purpose as a bonus gift. I am 
beyond grateful for all of the support and love around this book. Every review matters. And if you haven't gotten your hands on it yet, just go to painloveandpurpose.com. So I like to start every episode with a few quick questions to help my audience get to know you. Are you ready? Ah, as ready as I'll ever be. (laughs) Yeah, you are. All right. First one, what's your morning routine? How do you like to start your day? Right. So I, first thing that happens as soon as my legs swing out of the bed is I'm just giving thanks. I'm just giving thanks for being awake, being alive. Um, it's such a simple one, but it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's a lot of people wake up. Well, some people don't wake up. Is the real truth, right? And I know mm-hmm. life can be fraught with challenges. Life can be fraught with heaps of joy. Um, but it's you know, there's that just that opportunity to recognise, hey, I'm part of this grand experiment, this great mystery that, you know, God only God really knows what life's really about, right? And so just an opportunity to just take a moment to just thank all the goodness, touch wood that's in my life. So starting my day with that sort of positive mindset, just going, yep, you know what, I'm really grateful that today I get to wake up and I get to experience life in whichever shape, form or manner it pops in. Then usually it's just a quick meditation. Um, usually when I like to sit to meditate, it's anywhere from 20 to 60 minutes, but in the morning it's just like nice and nice and short, sharp and shiny. It could be anywhere from five minutes where I'm just, could be a short version of uh, the six-phase meditation is what I'm doing these days, um, which is, I don't know if listeners know there's Vishen Lakhiani from Mind Valley put together a six-phase meditation. It's a bit more of an active meditation than a passive meditation. What I mean by that is passive meditation is you sort of sit back and you sort of watch sort of your, your breaths, your thoughts as they emerge and you sort of that, you know, like the, the metaphor, if you guys haven't heard it before, is like there's cars going by on the road and those are your thoughts and usually you jump in the vehicle and you go where your thought goes but you sort of come back off out of the car, sit on the side of the road and watch the thoughts just sort of go by. And I find, and you know, follow your breath, and that's the passive meditation. But with the active meditation, vision gives you six things to sort of focus on. The first one being compassion and interconnectedness, and he runs you through a quick guided version. Now I teach this myself, so I've sort of found a way to compress it into five minutes rather than the full twenty-five minute meditation that he offers. Um, so compassion, phase one. Phase two is gratitude again. Phase three is forgiveness, letting go of stuff, shedding that weight. Phase four is about visualizing your ideal future. Phase five is visualizing your ideal day. And phase six is calling in a blessing. So those are the six phases, and I can sort of move through them relatively fast now that I've been doing this practice for, well, well over three years now. So, yep. So then six phase, then it's usually something as simple as hydrate. So I usually drink two liters of water in the morning. Um, and then two liters, but yeah, yeah, it's been a bit of a practice now. I've been doing <laughs> I this love that. since I can remember, just because yeah, like hydrating your body uh-huh. um, overnight. So much of like I like to hydrate before I go to bed, and then also when I wake up in the morning, um, just because your body yeah just walk functions so much better when it's fully hydrated. Um, and then just vitamin, vitamins, minerals, stuff like that. Chuck them in. Um, hit the shower. I love me a good shower to start the day and then uh, yeah based on there depending on different days different stuff will sort of start to flow from there but that's usually the very compressed routine now I used to have I remember there was um yeah one of my favorite <laughs> one of my friends is a YouTube channel and uh he has this awesome parody right which is like he's doing the morning routine 
and he's gotten up at 4 a.m. And by the time he's finished his morning routine, it's way more entertaining than I'm giving it justice in this little nutshell. But by the time he's finished his morning routine, it's 11 p.m. And he's like, he sneezes and pills come out of his nose. And it's, just, it's just the best, right? Like, And so I used to, I used to, I have to admit, I was, you know, I was one of those people. Like I used to have this three-hour morning routine, you know, up at five and, you know, was ready to face the day by eight. But over time, especially becoming a parent as well, you know, that really has been a massive game changer. You become much more efficient in your ways, um, but also minimum effective dose is something that you really start to consider. It's like, what do I really need to really just, you know, get me into like that optimum zone and 80% good enough is is good enough, you know, yeah. is great. So that's been, a, that's been a, a journey that I've been weaving on. And it's not that I've been trying to hack or optimize it. It's just necessity of becoming a parent and you've got, a multitude more things um to consider so yeah yeah that's pretty much where it's at these days i love that i mean i definitely if i have the space i'm definitely like a three-hour morning routine kind of person yeah. but then there are some <laughs> days it's not gonna happen and that's why i love to ask that question because some people it's so short and simple and then other people mm. it's much more involved and just so people can understand like many things can work. And I think a lot of people mm. in this space feel pressure or they're like, they're, it's like an eight hour process and not everybody has mm. time for that. And it's also not necessary, you know? So I love that. Just, Six on that note, I just quickly interject yeah. equally as important as a morning routine is also a shutdown routine. Yeah. Yeah. Like I What's have yours? like, so playing the guitar. Yeah. Mm. And it's something as simple as coming back to, you know, playing the guitar. Cause for me, it's like, it's joy. Yeah. So mm -hmm for me it's connecting to joy and i like and everybody will have something different right could be journaling could be just taking a moment to meditate and just unwind again but it's it's giving cues to my mind to actually shut down wind down for the day and the guitar for me was like i really want to connect to more joy in my life and it was just really simple so like you you're happy when you play the guitar bro so 10 minutes of the guitar every night and obviously that 10 minutes because it's something i enjoy <laughs> blows out which yeah. is great right it's a blessing yeah. and i find the guitar to be quite meditative because the minute i slip up it's like oh yeah you're not present <laughs> And then from there, again, hydrate, magnesium, brush your teeth, you know, all those basic sort of things, and you start to wind down. Um, and then, yeah, rattling off about five things that I'm grateful for that have happened that day, and then going to bed in that kind of state. Love it. Lots of gratitude, lots of hydration, mm -hmm. maybe some supplements, which leads <laughs> me into my next question, which is what is a product you are really enjoying right now so that could be a supplement it could be a book it could be a musical instrument it could be an essential oil it could be a crystal it could be anything any physical item that you're really enjoying right now yeah it's my guitar <laughs> okay there you go is it a special is it a special guitar um look it's it's made in brazil it's okay yeah, it's, brazil, it's made from brazilian <laughs> rosewood which is just amazing and i could nerd out on guitars for ages <laughs> i'm conscious that i'm going to chew up all the cop the podcast just talking about guitars but it's a classical guitar yeah just i don't know it's for me it's like a good friend it's just yeah. it's very alive and yeah it just brings me so much that sort of creative expression and you know we can talk a little bit about this later but you know the opposite of my my journey has taught me that the opposite of depression is actually expression and it gives me a space to sort of creatively explore and grow and build and even just little things for my mindset like things that are completely out of my reach when i'm practicing one night you know and then a week later just going through the motions like i can actually integrate it and i'm like learning and i'm actually doing so much better with it and it's like actually we just grow right we just grow and learn things things that are so far out of our reach you know it's a really beautiful yeah, play, way to learn things. So the guitar. Yeah, 
I love that. I love the energy around that. I can tell you, I can tell you love it. You completely light <laughs> up. So that's how you know it's good for you, right? <laughs> um, my next question is, do you know your astrology, sun, moon, and rising? I know. Yeah, actually I do. <laughs> yeah, you do. What is it? <laughs> I'm one of those. Yeah. Um, so I'm totally a Virgo. Um, okay, absolutely okay. Virgo. <laughs> um that's my sunstone and so my rising is um is a taurus which took me a while to sort of come to terms with yeah really yeah yeah i'm a taurus rising why was it hard for you to come to terms with that because for for a long time i actually thought i was a virgo and i kept feeling it's like maybe i'm a virgo leo cusp thing because Uh i really feel very leo and uh, in my being and it was but I think there's that there's a synergy between Leo's and that boldness and that sort of but then Tauruses right so mm-hmm. um so yeah that explains explain a lot but I'm really gooey on the inside but very meticulous and very mm-hmm. like I'm definitely an earth sign so Virgo Taurus and deep down on the yeah the, that's Scorpio oh <laughs> Scorpio moon it's your season right now it's yeah, your season which is, which is uh I'm still landing in that one um yeah, identify with the with the Virgo, identify with the Taurus much more, but the Scorpio is something I'm still sort of yeah coming around to to this. Mm, this yeah, is, is I can see that for that? you. I can see yeah. that. I think I think a lot's going to open up for you when you get into that Scorpio energy. Yeah, like okay. getting deeper into it. You know, <laughs> spicy. There's a lot. There's a lot in there. You know, it's that spiciness. So I think that's going to be good. Okay, Keep me awesome. updated. I look <laughs> uh, I'm encouraged by this conversation. Good, good, good. So last thing here is what is a topic you're really interested in recently? That could be something you're learning about, something you're just pondering yourself. Like what's been on your mind? Oh my God, how much time do you have? So is something I've been um, um, getting accredited in as a guide and a coach, which has been really awesome. And it's sort of, well, it is based on astrology, which uh, mm. for the life of me, I never really thought I would be I'm an engineer, right? So for <laughs> my, my, my qualification. So for me, it's like, okay, so now I'm tapping into astrology to help people with their purpose. And it, but it's, it's incredible. Um, every person that I've sort of we've facilitated this work for, watching the readings come together, and it's just like, wow, this is really on point and it's been really supportive. So just trusting the flow. So Gene Keys has been really, really, really awesome. At the moment, the book that I'm reading is called The Mood Cure. Um, I love that book. Yeah, it's I, great, I right? literally just I literally just sent that book to somebody yesterday. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, there it yeah. just comes up. So yeah. four four neurotransmitters that are basically responsible for our mood and the current diet. Um, and I've, I've had Zach Bush on the podcast and he talks about how our soil health is, our gut health is, our mental health, um, which is a long story. I've obviously <laughs> encapsulated a very long podcast in like three <laughs> sentences, but you know, this book is, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really profound to sort of go, okay, like these are, and there's a, it's a very easy sort of diagnosis in there and you can sort of have a look and you start reading the chapters on which you know, neurotransmitters potentially are the ones that are lacking in your life, mm-hmm. um, and how to basically get the right food in so that you can support your, um, yeah, support your mental well-being. Yeah. That book totally saved me so like when I was at the depths of my 
depression um, when I was in college and I had been on every antidepressant at the time. Like it was before I fa- I like got into health and wellness mm. and nothing was working. And then I was diagnosed, they diagnosed me SSRI intolerant. And I was like, what mm. the hell does that mean? <laughs> um, and I, and that was part of, you know, the turning point for me of like, I've got to figure this out, like naturally, what else can I do? And I found that book. And so I went through the protocol in there and doing the amino acid therapy completely changed my life. Like it was night and day. And I just, I was so shocked. I was like, why is not everybody talking about this? You know, mm. it's so powerful. Yep. Does it, uh, sorry, I'm just going to go on this little tangent. I get irked by some of this stuff and I know I've got to work on this for me personally, but part of me is like, nature was just so perfect the way that it, I don't want to say, I don't want to romanticize yeah. about times past, but it's also the way our food's produced and it's stripped of all these aminos, you know, and mm-hmm. like serotonin is one that everyone is, and the book talks about this, so I'm, you know, paraphrasing now, but serotonin is one that's actually lacking in a lot of our foods for our mental well being, but it's also the way our food is produced now that actually strips it of the serotonin and, um, or the, the tryptophan basically in our foods, which encourages the, the serotonin. And I just like, you know, I just keep looking back at things and like things, you know, where we're sort of trying to better nature, but nature kind of had its, had its way, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like a lot of what I feel like we're coming back to with this sort of conscious awareness, conscious movement is to bring back some basic level of harmony that we had with nature. Um, but yeah, some part of me gets rubbed the wrong way. I was like, damn it, we had it so good. <laughs> Didn't I even know. know, it, you know? <laughs> I feel the same. I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And the other day I was, I was sitting, I was getting a lymphatic drainage treatment and mm. I was like meditating and I'm talking to my guides and I'm like, I can't believe all of the work I have to do to like detox my body. Like it's, it's so much work to detoxify my body from all mm. the toxins. And I'm like thinking about you know, people from hundreds of years ago, like they didn't have to deal with all of this. And it's like, we created things to try and solve problems, then created so many more problems that now we're in this sh- shit storm. Simple as sneakers, right? Like you're walking around in sneakers and they're like designed to help people run. You know, all of a sudden everybody wears them. Everybody used to walk around barefoot, super grounded all the time. And the <laughs> earth actually absorbs all the electrons out of your body and just vunk, just grounds you and takes all that toxicity away. And now you're just like insulating yourself to the nth degree. And then you're like, Arr. Yeah. Anyway, I could talk about this. No, it's true. It's obviously it's been a true. fascination of mine. It's one of yours as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. and because I feel like so often, and I'm sure you see this a lot, like coaching people, the solution that's actually going to work is often so simple. It's going back to basics. It's really oh, simple stuff. And people time. think th- people think, well, that's too easy. And so we've created this culture where a lot of times people don't do it because it seems too easy. It's like, if you stood on the ground for an hour a day, how much would your life transform? But that just seems so not complex enough. I feel like oh, to a sister lot of people. Bear, this is yeah. this is a huge thing. I actually talk about this from stage. So yeah, whenever I find actually there's wisdom in the simple. Yeah. And because life is actually meant to be quite straightforward and simple. Now, simple doesn't necessarily always mean easy because of the way society's constructed. Like, you know, we've got all these obligations on our time. And like you said, like, just it's simple. I like, just go stand in the ground for an hour with your feet, you know, um, on the bare earth. <laughs> and it's like, I don't have an hour. That's not easy. <laughs> right? So all of a sudden it's, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. So, and even I don't like, have grass told, anywhere you know, around me. <laughs> that's what everyone, that's what everybody <laughs> says. They're, they're like, I don't, where would I stand? Everything's concrete. The closest park is, is you know, 30 plant, minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
literally if you have to do it you have to do it um, but you know even Eckhart told the power now is like I've been working with his work for you know for a lot of it was five years now been certified by Eckhart and doing that work so but the power of now, like it's all now, like it's just everything you ask him now, just come back to now. Who's asking? That person's predicting in the future, predicting the past, come back to the now. And it's like, it's, it's, ah, it's so simple, but it's not necessarily easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned over the time, and especially having been in self-improvement personal development for the last, you know, over a decade now, um, sort of offering myself out as to support others and serve others for the last six years. Um, if someone's complicating something, your mind loves it. Yeah, your mind really hooks into it. But really what's happening is they're trying to sell you something. <laughs> and that's and that's literally been like a truth that I've had to come home to. It's like if it's complicated, someone's selling me something. Mm-hmm. If it's simple, like water, breathing, yeah, these things are free pretty much. You know, like they're absolutely free and they're abundant and they're simple and it's the way life is meant to be. And so even just like connecting to that, and like the reframe of the mindset that it takes to sort of recognize, actually, it really is the simple things. And the, it's hard as well. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I suffered from what I thought was savior syndrome for a while. Yeah. And maybe because I'm Indian and, you know, we've got that background of like, yeah, someone's like, I need a guru to come show me the way, you know, Dis- I need a dispeller of the light. That's what guru means, right? To sort of uh, a, a dispeller, uh, sorry, dispeller, um, someone to dis- dissipate the darkness, yeah, bring her of the light, um, to light my way. And yeah, I just, for a while, I was like, you know, life is in this really sticky situation and it's not what I want it to be, you know, and I know I'm meant for more, but you know, there's going to be a point where something will change and I'm sure that it's connected to someone showing up and it totally was connected to someone showing up. It was connected to me showing up. Yeah. It was me sort of coming out and going, actually, I deserve more and I can dig myself out of whatever sort of troubles I'm in and, you know, connect to whatever's inspiring me to evolve and take me to that place where I want to go. Um, and so that's, you know, this realization that actually things are simple, but also, you know, we're waiting for other people to sort of connect us to something. And, you know, we, it is a bit of a trap at times. Yeah. So the simple things are the, are the most important things. Yeah. Here's my question. I have a few things from there. Like, how do you support people in their journeys and make sure that they are not like, just can't make sure they're not, but manage them, maybe potentially trying to outsource that onto you right? Like that balance of supporting other people in their own transformation and journey. And sometimes the client can feel like, oh, this person's my savior now. Like what's the balance there? For me, when we, the minute we start coaching. So firstly, the the big ticket for me is I don't sign up for one-on-one, like one, like single coaching sessions anymore. Yeah. That was like a long time ago when I was starting out as a coach. Now, when we sign up, we go, generally it's a 12 month journey. I've made some exceptions here or there, like for friends where it's like, yep, you know, we, we can go for a six month journey, but we go for a 12 month journey. And as a frame, as a container, that's really important because it, they're going to go up, down and all around. Yeah. What you're asking about is they'll have a projection and they'll sort of be like, okay, you save me. Now, one of the first things that happens in the very first call is we go in and go, Hey, like, I know, you know, there's this relationship between coach and client. But honestly, you've bought coaching, but what you're getting is a really intimate friend. Yeah, like a really, really intimate friend. And we're going to talk about things. There's going to be points in this journey. And it's true. There's points in the journey where I'm learning from the client. And it's, it's, it's absolutely, I mean, just because of the depth of conversation that we're having. And these are conversations that, unfortunately, in society, we just don't have anymore. It's like stuff is coming up for people the way they feel. And they just, 
they're repressing it and it's really important stuff and it's actually attached to their dreams and but they just cannot give it a voice they can't speak about it to their loved ones they can't speak about it to their children to their parents to their cousins they don't have someone they can really communicate that to which i think is like a symptom of a you know culture needs improving in my humble opinion but you know that's the place we go into and so from that place i find i often come from a place of i'm not leading you anywhere yeah, we're on this journey together. I'm going to be learning from you. You're going to be learning from me. Yes, you're the one that's made the investment in coaching, but I've also made the investment in myself to continuously grow and evolve and have deeper, more meaningful, insightful conversations through the inspired evolution, you know, continuing to grow all that is there. And hopefully, you know, the exchange is honored and is worthwhile for you. And it, and it has been, you know, for, for everyone that I've coached Touchwood so far. So that as a precept, like that's really important. Um, for me, it's like, I'm not here to dig you out of anything. Yes, I've got some answers. And actually, you know what the truth is? You've got a whole bunch of answers as well that I'm going to learn from. And it's been true for every single client I've had. I've learned something from them. Yeah. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. No, I, I love that perspective. And I feel like there's so much healing and expansion in just the setup of the container itself of for somebody to have the experience to be able to fully open and share and have somebody that can really see them and hear them and be alongside them. I find that first, like so many people, there's so much healing in that. And there's a perspective shift of, oh shit, what about the rest of the relationships in my life? Right? Like once you actually experience support in a container, yeah and also as you're sharing what i'm like one of my deepest realizations like the podcast has really taught me to listen like that's yeah. been a huge thing because as a like as a person of a journey you learn and you're like you want to start sharing and it's like dude this helps this helps this helps have you tried this have you tried this have you? and you know your advice giver good like it like just is like wow the fire on that advice giver learning to like just turn that down and i find myself in in coaching sessions checking like listening for a long time like you said and there's healing in the listening like people just need to be heard this stuff just being heard, it normalizes it and it just sort of just allows the charges to drop. But then also, you know, being crafty as a coach and like, yes, I've got answers, but those are my answers. Yeah. And going, hey, like, what would you do? Like, what would you tell yourself in this instance? Like, what do you think is your next step? And allowing their wisdom to sort of come forward and be like, I don't know, you know, and giving him a good, like, you know, and giving him a good five, six opportunities at answering that question, you know, and that could take a grand total of only five minutes in, you know, a 90 minute coaching session. Like it's not that much time to just go, but what would you do? And it's like, I don't know. It's like, think about it for a bit. What would you do? You know, it's like, if you had to tell yourself, what was your next step? Like, what is your intuition saying? What is your gut saying? What is your heart calling you to do? And, you know, usually by time three or four, it's like, well, if I had to, I would do it. And it's like, what? <laughs> and in some instances, it's way better than the, 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 the suggestion that I would have offered myself. And I'm like, let's unpack that. You know, now we're having a conversation, a dialogue about something that their intuition has brought to the fore, right? Yeah. It goes back to that question. I know, you know, um, Mark Champagne, you know, what am I mm -hmm. pretending not that I don't know, right? What are you yeah. pretending not to know? Because mm -hmm. I feel so often we can default to, oh, I don't know. It's like you do though. What if you just took that out of your vocabulary? Now you've just opened up the space to share what you do know. You're just maybe worried it wasn't the right answer, which which it is, right? Yeah. So and I think you'll love this because I've unpacked that question. Obviously Mark will love his work. And I've unpacked yeah. that question. I think there's different eyes. Yeah. Right. As Christine the channel, it's like, you know, there's different eyes. Like there are certain eyes that don't know, but there's other eyes within you as well. Right. It's like, which identity are you assuming at any given time? Right. Yeah. It's an opportunity for you to go, okay, my head doesn't know, my heart knows, my gut knows, you know, my body knows, you know, which eye are you connecting to? 
Yeah, I love that. My my ego maybe doesn't know. My higher self, <laughs> my higher self certainly does though, you know? <laughs> so when we talk about like, you know, who's going to show up for you, it's going to be you. What was that moment in your life when you finally showed up for yourself? For me, it's been a it's been a cumulative journey, I have to say. Um, but the the one that sort of sticks out the most, uh, well, there's two actually. There was a moment I was sitting on a um I was sitting on a construction site in my old job and uh yeah, I was eating an acai bowl when I was, <laughs> I was actually sitting there. And you know, people are people are eating sausage rolls, hot dogs, and you know, meat pie. And there's nothing wrong with that food. Like, you know, sure, you know, if you're that way inclined, you're entitled to it. But you know, it was like I look at those comic strips, it's like pick the odd one out. <laughs> I'm sitting here eating in a side bowl with my heart in my steel cap boots and a hard hat. It's like, which one doesn't fit here? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the writing was on the wall, bro. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I had this moment where, call it divine intervention, call it what you will. I, I Googled the word courage. And I know it's like for most people say, like, oh, I was in meditation or I was out there. I was, like, I was on a construction site and I just I picked up my phone and Googled the word courage. And that was my oh, moment. Like, for my whole life up until that point, I thought courage was fearlessness. I thought they were like synonymous. I thought they were actually the same thing. It's like to, to be courageous was to not have fear. And one of my favorite movies growing up was Braveheart. I've watched it like over a hundred times. And for me, like he was just fearless. Yeah, he was courageous. And I was just like, oh my God, William Wallace, what a legend. Now, the realization in that moment when I read the definition of courage to the effect of courage is not not having fear. Actually, courage is absolutely having fear and moving towards and through that fear. And I was like, and part of me was like, oh, crap. Like, it was actually this like, you know, firstly, because this whole like, you know, you know, up until this point, like, you know, almost 28, 30 years worth of like, you know, holding an idea of like what courage was and realizing that I was completely wrong. Um, but then also the realization that, oh, if it is something, it requires fear as a prerequisite for me to be courageous. And then the very next realization was that, oh, it's a skill. Like courage is a skill. Like every time fear is going to show up, I'm going to need to show up with courage to meet it. Oh my God. And the more I exercise that, like, it's like the gym, it's like the muscle and like, you know, through the process of hormesis, it will get stronger. And so I was like, and then the very next realization was, what was your biggest fear? And it was like, well, life is in this pretty rosy lane, which is what we're prescribed, right? Which is like, okay, I'm going to grow up, go to school, get really good grades, go to high school, get really good grades, get a really good job, get a really good job, then get a really nice house, get a really nice wife, build a really beautiful family. And then I have all these people around me. And by the time I'm 65 and like, you know, some of my joints are aching, ready to retire, then I can go travel and see the rest of the world. But it's like really hard to get around. And it was just like, you know, this white picket fence lane, sort of red car in the driveway, you know, this lane that was so well mapped out, this institutionalized thinking. And my biggest fear was, hey, what's going on, Addy? <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, you're a speaker, you're an entrepreneur, you're an author. Like, how did you do that? And, you know, and it's like, those were all my inspirations, everybody that was out here. Everybody I looked up to, everybody that I was inspired by, which is why it's called Inspired Evolution. I took that leap of faith. That was that moment that showed up with courage. It was like, actually, if I'm honest with myself, like this is my biggest fear is like living off the prescribed path. 
Um, and you know, that is basically, it is weird for those that are listening. It's like, why would you do that? It's weird. And that's the definition of weird. Weird is doing the unique thing, doing the individualized thing. And so, yeah, it absolutely was weird. Um, but that was the moment where I had the realization where I was like, oh, like that's my biggest fear. And if I'm going to be someone that's courageous and for some reason there was a spark in me that sort of just wanted to identify with courage. And there was not to, not to sort of neglect all the pain of being misaligned that I'd been carrying for over seven years in a job that didn't serve me. And that was like really dense to sort of navigate. And then the realization of what courage really is and that courage would shift me. That was a huge moment that sort of went, boom, I've got to show up for me. I've got to show up to face this fear. And even, and the, one, of the, one of the nuances in there is even if I don't figure it out, I will have faced the fear and I will have been able to say that, hey, like I've at least tried and I've faced the fear and given it a shot, you know, that was enough. That was enough. What was it about going off that prescribed path that scared you? Like, what was the scary part? Yeah. So for me, one of my highest values is, well, my highest value is connection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In its shadow, it's conform, like connection shows up as conformity. So there's this conformed path, which, you know, and it, it, we're indoctrinated into it. Like my, you know, I grew up in, a, in an immigrant family that gave all of their resource to their child's education. So they gave so much for me to be well-educated so I could get a good job and follow that prescribed path really well, right, in this new foreign land for them so that I could have this wealth of opportunities. And I do have a wealth of opportunities, touch wood, right? And the best intentions of mice and men, you know, like I look back at, and I, I, there's no blame on my parents, right? Like, I've done that work. So it's like this piece where they're trying to get me, like they were trying to get me to be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer. They didn't know that Facebook marketing strategists was going to be a career or TikTok influencer would be a career. Like these careers that are now starting to emerge, they, they had no idea that these things existed. Like I talked to them, it's like, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel. And like, you're a YouTuber. Like, what is YouTube? <laughs> and now they watch it. They love the episodes. They're yeah. tuning in, you know. But like for them, that that could be a career mm -hmm. is just like so beyond even their thinking. So they had the best of intentions, right? They wanted to afford opportunity when you come back to the essence of it. And the opportunities are there. So that um, I think the indoctrination of and not just my parents, but society in general, because they were influenced by what society expects. And you know, we talk a lot about culture. Yeah, Vishen, another again, my mentor um, from my own brother, he talks about the culture scape. He talks about culture actually is a physical landscape that you're embedded in, you know, and it shows up in all the little things. It's like for me, when I jump on a tram or the, those that aren't, you know, in tram cities train, I see like a younger kid sitting while an older lady sort of standing you know, and there's this visceral thing in my gut, which goes, dude, stand up, oi, oi, stand, stand up, <laughs> you know, it's like, give up your chair, you know, give it up, and it's, but I don't know, maybe that kid's, you know, got some sort of learning disability, maybe he's injured, maybe there's something going on for him, but that gut feeling, which won't turn off, it's like, dude, stand up, stand up, that's my culture, I was raised with respect your elders, now, I think it's a good thing, but he obviously is completely oblivious to it because he's in a very different culture to mine, right? So culture plays out and that's like such a subtle nuance. There's me just hopping on public transport to sort of see something different happening, right? It's everywhere to the jobs we get, to the relationships we form. It's in everything, right? So culture is a big, 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 big part of why we sort of follow the prescribed path. It's, you know, 
and the fear of the fear of falling out like you know the the conformity that i mentioned earlier on it's you know some people have put it this way our brains continue to evolve linearly whilst society continues to evolve exponentially especially with technology and the way that it's growing and so our brains are struggling to catch up right so what a bit what that sort of means is you know it was was only not so long ago when falling out of the tribe meant death so non-conformity equals death in in the mind in many different in many ways yeah so not conforming also means like oh my god like you know the social stigma of not conforming is equivalent to death and death is a t- is is not something that we especially in the west willingly walk towards you know i you know it's something that is actually kind of a scary topic so yeah that sort of stigma around it i think also conflates the issue mm-hmm. so what motivated you to move past that fear like what was going on in your life how are you feeling like what what pushed you to that point yeah it was the pain Mm. it was the pain so the courage definitely helped as a moment of light that we discussed um that sort of went ah and things were like like things need to shift that was my Mm. uh massive moment for me in the most yeah random place um and random time but also the the pain leading into it so and to give you an idea I, yeah, the message in my heart has always been that your health is your purpose and your purpose is your health. And if you're off purpose, you're likely not healthy. And if you're not healthy, check your purpose. You know, yes, check your health and your gut and all that sort of stuff, but also check your purpose. Like what is it that you were here to do that's bringing you the vitality for life that then goes, hey, I give a shit about like what I'm putting in my system, right? So that's my message. And then having like knowing that in my heart that this is my message, yeah, this is my prayer. And then looking at it and going, but I'm showing up for work 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. six days of the week, yeah, because construction here in Australia is a very intense industry. For seven years was just like I'm doing this thing that is not my calling and I'm and like can you imagine like having that frame of your health is your purpose and then not showing up for your purpose, knowing that it's jeopardizing your health when health is – everything for every individual right people go i want a million dollars and it's like okay i'll give you a million dollars today but tomorrow you die what's more important and they're like oh shit i want to stay alive so life is more important okay i'll give you a million dollars today yeah but you don't get to see your mum and dad ever again oh no i don't want that i don't want the million dollars i want to see my mum and dad (laughs) it's like cool so your parents and your relationships are more important there are so many things that are more important Right. And so realizing that, wow, my health is really important, but then still showing up for this thing, which is like felt toxic for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was really rubbing the cat the wrong way in a really nice way of putting it. When I share it from stage, I sort of describe for those that are Matrix buffs and fans, I absolutely love the Matrix. So pardon me for nerding out for just a sec. But in the second movie, Morpheus takes Neo back to the machine city, which is actually the reality at the time not being plugged into the matrix and you see that the machines have sort of just taken over the cities that humans used to occupy and morpheus tells neo that actually it was the machines that's uh, humans that scorched the sky thinking that if we scorched the sky there would be no solar energy for the machines to function but in their wisdom the machines realize that there is human beings that are an energy source we are energy right And they start to grow human beings in these pods and then they plug them into this story, which is the matrix. And so they think they're living out a story, but really they're just a battery cell, right? And that is the essence of the matrix, right? So, and that 
like being a, just a battery as a cog in a machine, which is what I felt like. It was just the corporate machine, this job that I was going to. And I was just this little cog that just had to keep showing up, showing up. And it was just the story that I was being told was just so like misaligned with, again, like I said, for me. And, you know, I run the risk of demonizing like corporate America, Australia, whatever. But it's actually like it serves so many people. You know, it serves so many people. It's just I think there's a better way emerging and it's starting to emerge now, right? And for mm-hmm. some people, like, having a job is absolutely perfect. For me, my inspiration were coaches, speakers, entrepreneurs, right? So that's what I was inspired to evolve into. Yeah, so everyone thinks when they show up to the Inspired Evolution, so I've got to be an entrepreneur. So no, being an entrepreneur is equally as awesome, right? It's about you following what your heart's desire really is, but not what someone else has told you to do. Yeah, I love that. I mean, we we need people and we like not everybody can be an entrepreneur for a society to function necessarily and we need people in these industries to revolutionize them, right? To like switch up the energy so people can be in those careers and still feel aligned and mm-hmm. and be healthy, right? So like we need everybody to be in alignment with their purpose essentially. That's going to look differently for everybody. If you want to uh, manifest more money, more fulfilling relationships, better health, but despite doing your daily manifestation and visualization practices, it isn't coming to you easily. This is what you need to know. What I have learned through my own experience again and again, and through the experiences of all the people I've worked with is that the main reason why people have trouble calling in more of what they want is that they have underlying limiting beliefs that there is not enough or that they aren't actually worthy of receiving what it is that they want. Here's the thing. In order to be an energetic match for more, we need to get out of scarcity mindset and start embodying the energy of abundance. This allows you to effortlessly attract more abundance to you, whether you want money, relationships, health, any physical form of abundance. If you are wondering how to align with the energy of abundance and how to effortlessly attract different forms of abundance into your life. I have created a brand new course that teaches you the exact practices that I use and my clients use to align with abundance in all areas of our life, making manifestation effortless. This course, Abundance Accelerator, includes over nine hours of video lesson content, exclusive journal prompts and exercises to help you integrate the information, and a really powerful 30-minute energy healing activation to help you align your frequency with the energy of abundance. When you enroll, you get lifetime access to all of the course materials. You can start today and you get to do this all at your own pace. So your life could change literally in a week if you are ready. If you are ready to learn how to receive the endless support and abundance that is already available to you, then you can enroll in Abundance Accelerator today by going to bit.ly slash AXL course. Again, that's bit.ly slash AXL C-O-U-R-S-E. I can't wait to hear what you manifest my question for you is because I know that you struggled with your mental health for, for a while. And, um, my understanding is that's what like led you to meditation and meditation was a, was a big part of your healing process. Do you think about that period of your life differently now, when you think about it in the context of, of purpose and alignment? Absolutely. Absolutely. I look at it and cause when you start talking about purpose and alignment, story is a really big conversation in my awareness, like the myth, um, we're all living a story, right? Where a cat, like what's your, that guy's got good character or that's an interesting character. You're a character in a story right now. I know that sort of invites potentially for some people too much play (laughs) into the idea of life for some people, just the right amount. Yeah. But 
in that, like looking back at going, okay, so that six years of depression was a really intense time for me, yeah? When I look back now, it was one of the biggest gifts of my life because it brought me to meditation. And the, the adult that I became having, you know, now like after, like having ad, like meditation through my adolescence because of the challenges I went through as a teenager, like for, like really became one of the foundation cornerstones of the individual that I am and the, the character that I assume today. So had I not had those challenges, I would definitely not be the person that I am today, right? So when I look back with it, I have a very different relationship with it. When I was going through it, and this is a big reason why I became a coach, is like, I, don't, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, to, to live in a space where you're just so afraid of yourself, you just can't trust life, and there's, just the, there's so much in there that is just so spiky. Mm, um, afraid of that, yourself that's a big one yeah you know and it just there's just you know it just is it just isn't a fun place to be and I just wouldn't like I said I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy but having something as powerful as meditation sort of become a tool that sort of went you know what this is actually like healing me and then everything else that's opened up from meditation, like, you know, the whole personal development journey, where, like my, my career is now dedicated to helping others on their path on purpose, right? And meditation is part of it that informs it because it informs a big part of awareness. To, in, in order to change, the first key ingredient is self-awareness, and that was meditation, right? Gave me that. So I look back at it now. Fondly is an interesting way. To, I probably wouldn't use going. <laughs> I wouldn't say fondly, but there is an intimacy now with the story that I go and I look back and I go, actually, that was a necessary um, challenge. And this is something that I found again and again with the inspired evolution. Now, is yeah, this story is it's the hero's journey. Actually, um, you know, Joseph Campbell. It's it shows up again and again in pretty much almost I want to say everybody's life but actually I think in everybody's life it's you go through this big deep dark challenge dark night of the soul and boom you slay the dragon you come back with this sword and the skills and this amazing aptitude and ability to go whoa like I slayed that yeah then your responsibility now becomes to life returns to normal but you're you don't look at life the same and you're here to potentially help others navigate the same challenges mm -hmm. right so that was this incredible gift that, you know, the depression and all the lessons that came from there, like when I'm, you know, even the inspired evolution, like my wife, I'll give you a small example. One of the lessons we talked about earlier, depression, the opposite of expression. My wife gave birth 14 months ago. Through that period, it's been fraught with, you know, sleepless nights, challenges. You're running a podcast. I know what it takes to run a podcast. People are in different time zones, you know, trying to get it all work. I'm getting up at 4.30 a.m. sometimes to do a podcast. And, you know, it's through that, like, my wife needs support as well. Like, a good, healthy, you know, parenting for me is, you know, mother is nurturing the baby and father is nurturing the mother to nurture the baby, right? That's my paradigm of it. And yet she's still affording me the space. And I say she's affording me, like, you know, she's, the, she's not the boss of me. <laughs> you know, and I don't make it sound like to be like one of those archetypical sort of images that people think of wise being she's not like that at all but she has been kind enough in this team that we've developed to go hey do your podcast don't let it go you know when it's so easy to sort of be like maybe i you know drop it for you know the next two years and i pick it back up she's like no keep going and when i checked in with her like you know a little bit down the track i was like how come you know you were so supportive like you're always supportive but how come you were so supportive she's like amrit i know you 
And these conversations, they matter so much to you. I wouldn't want you to have your tank that empty. Yeah. And I look back and it's like, actually, this Inspired Evolution podcast is a big part of my mental health strategy. <laughs> right. It's I get to express myself, my thoughts, my feelings consistently with really interesting, inspiring individuals such as yourself that I've had on the show. Right. We unpack really deep topics like this. Mm-hmm. And it normalizes them. People get heard. People feel listened. And then the feedback comes in. And it's this really awesome, awesome ecosystem. And so realizing that, hey, that even just what the current climate that I'm in, the current ecosystem that we've built, the inspired evolution, right? I look back and it's like that a big part of that awareness of what's driving it is like this is self-expression for Amrit, mm-hmm. right? And expression is the antidote to depression. So you're actually like safeguarding your mental health in the work that you're doing in your day-to-day life. Yeah. That's just one big obvious example. It's there's so many lessons from that part of my life. So I still can't say I look upon it fondly, but I, I acknowledge the lessons that I've learned from there. And the inspired evolution teaches me, like I said, and this is probably the sort of summarizing that is every person that I've met and I've interviewed, like Marissa Peer, hypnotherapist to the stars, was told she would never amount to anything and that she was a nobody. And then she had to go in and recode that languaging in her own mind. And now she's a hypnotherapist at the Royals, A-list celebrities, right? So she overcame that. And now she's like this sensation of rapid transformational therapy for people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vision started sharing his own story. Like he, on, like he struggles with connecting with people. And when people go to Mind Valley and they connect at these A-fest events, these incredible events, the first thing they say is, I get so much connection out of this. And it's like Vision's biggest challenge was connection. His biggest gift and offering is connection, right? So my biggest challenge was self-expression. And now like I'm here and I'm like expressing myself, right? So our biggest challenges become our biggest, uh, form our biggest gifts. It's that hero's journey. I, I love that. It's very Chiron, like the wounded healer sort mm. of energy. Do you know what your Chiron is in astrology? No. You should look it up. Like that's the whole idea of Chiron. It's like our deepest wounds and those like teach us the most, you know? So it could be like, you know, the, if your Chiron's in Gemini, it's around communication and expression, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you should, you should look into that. I feel like you'd really like that. And I've been thinking about that. that. Yeah. That idea of story a lot, uh, actually in the last week, it's been coming up for me quite a bit Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's this shift in communication that's available for us. Like you know, I'm the same where somebody asked me the other day, what's your, what are your hobbies? It was a new, a new acquaintance. And I said, mm-hmm. deep conversations, <laughs> like, yeah. that's what yeah. fulfills me. Right. And I think, especially in the personal development space or anywhere where we can, we're supporting people, there's a lot of, you know, don't make it me, me, me. How are you supporting the client? How are you helping other people? And I understand that. And I think I'm also now realizing some of the best way, ways that we can support other people is actually, instead of telling them what to do, just sharing stories. And I know mm. I learned the most about myself, you know, through hearing other people mm. talk about their life experience. And so I've had this interesting shift personally, where for a while I was telling myself, you know, just don't talk about yourself. People aren't here to just listen about you, like to talk, you know, what's going to help be helpful for them. And then I started to realize, well, me talking about what I've learned in my own journey is actually probably the most helpful thing uh, Mm. versus just telling somebody else what I think when it might not be like, you know, 
relevant for them. But mm-hmm. I know whenever somebody else is telling their their story, I learn so much about myself and it shifts my own paradigm and I get what I need to get out of that. And so I feel like there's this really beautiful shift for us in communication, getting out of this energy of like pointing our fingers and do this, do that. This is what you should do. Like five things that'll stop you from X, Y, Z, five things that'll help you X, Y, Z into just having real conversations about mm-hmm. what we've learned and let people take what they need to take from it for themselves. And that last point is really profound as well. Like, thank you so much for sharing that. And I could nerd out a story forever, actually. And, you know, the the last point is something you touched on, which is everybody gets something different from a story. Yeah, so you'll be sharing the same story, but depending on where, and because even, I was going to say, even where they're like different people are at in the audience, they'll take a different part of the story and make meaning out of that for themselves out of that different part but you've told one linear story but they've like there's eight different lessons that have emerged from it but then I was going to say even myself listening to the same story two years later the same person does not step in the same river twice yeah when I listen to that story again two years later I'm a different person and I learn a different lesson from the same story mm-hmm. and so it's like the power of storytelling and the wisdom that it holds is like this mystical and that's what that's how the mystics teach and i love the school of mysticism right because it's just phenomenal and watching mystics unpack stories is one of my new fate like we talk about hobbies one of my favorite hobbies is just listening to a mystic unpack a story because they'll be telling like a linear story like this guy's going down the road and he's gone from a to b and most of us in the western world is like okay focused on b and then it's like but he was carrying a staff I was like, okay. And then, then they started talking about the jewel and the staff and the importance of the jewel and the staff. And as I started nerding out on the staff, and I was like, what? Why? Where did the staff come from? Like a really awesome example, if you've got the bandwidth for it, I'll share really quickly. Recently, I was listening to, and please check this person out, Michael Mead. He's okay. been on my podcast, and oh, you would absolutely love him. I'd love to connect him to your show as well, but yeah. up to you. But um, he's a modern mystic, right? And his podcast is called Living Mystic. And he's talking about how, and he's taking a modern, like a modern thing, which is diving for pearls. We go diving for pearls. And he talks, takes something as simple as diving for pearls and brings his mythological awareness to it, right? So he goes, when you go diving for a pearl, it takes two divers. Yeah. You've got one that's going to sort of stay close to the surface and one that's going to go down and actually dig for the pearl, right? And the one that goes down for the pearl he likens that to our shadow, our deep spirit, our soul, yeah, the one that goes to do the inner spiritual work. And then the diver up here is his responsibility is to make sure that, you know, he can put like in the 3D, in the, in the everyday story, is like to bring this person back up to the surface so that this person doesn't die, actually, right? He likens this diver to the ego, right, to keep it integrated with the 3D world because it's going to bring back, at some point, he knows there's depths in the darkness and he talks about the darkness of the ocean and how you got to go to the darkest place and in this dark, and he talks about the pearl and how it's formed and it's like dark, 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 and then these layers of pressure create this pearl. Like, it's amazing. And how pressure creates light and light creates pearl. And then as, a, as the, the soul can go down and actually scoop the pearl up and bring it back and the other person the ego pulls the soul back and then goes okay cool now we actually have this pearl we actually need to integrate it into our gift for society we bring it back to the surface together soul and ego now wow <laughs> you know i listened to the story and there's so many different parables the pressure and the pearl and how it's created the role of the ego in the relationship with the soul like the, it, and the darkness and the light and like how in the depths the darkness light is emerging like there's so much in there to unpack 
And it's phenomenal and a different, and I know when I listen to that parable again, different people that are listening now will take different things. When I listen to it again in the future, I'll be taking different things from it. The indigenous in Australia have always handed down story, story, story as their ways of teaching the dream time stories. Even the Indian culture, like now we've got the Mahabharata and all these like uh, stories that led into like the, the Vedic science and that culture of Hinduism, like that was all handed down verbally until we came into this age, which they call the dark ages. We, they started to write it down and even what we've got in written form, which is apparently only like 125th of the entire story that we've got now. So, but it was all handed down verbally. It was all handed down through story. And I love the fact that, and story is just such a beautiful way to learn because when you're telling somebody, and this was one of the last points I make, I can learn about the story forever. But one of the last points I make is when you're telling somebody, like, this is what you should do, or this is, and like the number of times people go, this is what you should do, or this is how you do it. Come on, guys, do it this way. I even find that with my business coaches, like, these are the steps, these are the models, go. And you're like, that's not my business. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's not my business. And they're like, and like my, and it's like, but you know, when I hear a story, it's like, I did this and I did that. And then I did this and I did that. And I was like, ah, oh. it bypasses the mind part of me that goes, oh, and like my subconscious is starting to pick up on things. Yeah. So my defenses that sort of have this resistance piece, I notice stories bypass those resistances in a really great way, in a really great way. So teaching via story, is really, 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 really powerful and something that I'm just continuing to cultivate and, and learn more about. Oh my gosh, it's it's so true, right? Because when you're reading the story, like I think about reading a story, right? Mm. I have this with my, so my, I have a book coming out in, I guess, a week and a half. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'll have to send it to you. It's a poetry book and they're all stories. Oh, they're all wait. stories yes, from yes. my life. And yeah. They're from my own life and reading it back. It was almost like I was reading about somebody else and I was getting something different every single time I was reading the same poem and it was totally bypassing my, my logical mind because mm. it was like, I was just like, your defense is up. If you think someone's talking to you, like you're doing, mm. you, you're feeling this, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this right. Versus like, I'm just an outsider listening in. And now mm. I feel safe to actually find myself in that story. And my, it, my soul can be like, Hey, what if that applies to you without yeah. being on guard first? And I found that within my own, my own stuff that I wrote for myself. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. I love it. Well, my question here, and this is why I, my favorite, my favorite interviews are with other podcast hosts as mm -hmm. to be honest, I mean, for a number of reasons, right. There's the, the flow of the conversation, but you think about all these incredible people that, you get to interview, I get to interview and, mm. uh, you know, they're all these, these wells of information and knowledge and wisdom and beautiful perspective. But then what about the person that's talking to all of them, you yeah. know, like all of the wells. And so yeah. I'm curious to ask you, I know you've interviewed so many incredible people. What have been like paradigm shifting moments for you personally of like, whoa, that really changed my perspective on how I viewed this about myself, the world, my life, whatever it was, like what stands out for you? Oh, there's so many. I should write tools to Titans. <laughs> you should. Person. You should totally. <laughs> I would read it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The, um, the obvious one that really, uh, that has shifted a lot in the last two years the one that comes immediately to mind, there are so many, there are so, man, it's like my mind at the moment is not stalling because it doesn't have one to reach for, it's stalling because it's like sifting through like so many diamonds to find the biggest one. Um, so, okay, so 
Miriam Williamson when she was on the podcast. We spent a lot of time talking about politics um, and also the role of leadership and just she's a spiritual teacher that ran for politics, uh, ran for presidency in the United States, right? So for me, she's, she's an absolute hero to me, right? So, and the conversation we were having was, you know, but you're, you're, you're evangelizing love, yeah? And in places of power, and so we really started to discuss the role of love and power and the way she put it, and I think she got this from Nelson Mandela, I might be wrong, but the way she articulated it to me was power without love is corrupt and we know that. But love without power is anemic. And it was subtle, but it was a huge shift for me because in that moment it gave there's an easier way to articulate this probably for some people to realize it, to, for it to land with more people, but I'm just going to speak what's in my heart. It gave permission for me to no longer demonize my masculine because there was this massive feminine movement towards it, like love. And I can feel like as a makeup, as a male, I'm more feminine than I am masculine. And all that means is I operate from love more than I do freedom, right? So for me, it was carrying this sort of like love, 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 but then all of a sudden just going, yeah. And you know, like, the masculine dominancy and I like not that I have was out of, of fear of like you know my dominant strength or whatever but I could feel that in society enough men <laughs> like we've had our time it's time for the women uprising like and I sort of see it in society like my PhD was on vertical gardens and high-rise buildings I feel like men have created the structure we've done our job now women's turn to like beautify and make it really symbiosis the way that it's meant to be right so we've built the initial part now it's the women's turn and we're sort of Actually, it's all going along the way it should be. So in that, I recognize that actually it gave me permission for the power to show up behind love and how important they both are. And it just awoken the activist in me, I guess, in a whole other way, you know, and this almost, I don't want to say a vigilante for love, but really it just really sparked something within me that, you know, love is something we wage, you know, we wage peace was a big takeaway from that podcast. It's not people are out there waging war. And if you're going to, you know, be evangelist of peace, it's, it's not as simple. And sure, this helps. There are definitely people that are meant to be sitting in the Himalayas, holding a frequency, praying for the earth. Absolutely believe in the work that you're doing. But then there is also for the everyday sort of person like yourself, myself, we got to wage peace. And she it really came home to like how important it is to wage peace within myself. There are parts that are warring within me. Mm. You know, it's like, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? Should I do it this way? And it's like, just whew, stop shooting. Just stop. Just stop worrying. Just wage peace within yourself. You know, and learning that, uh, trusting that as I can do more of that, that'll actually create shifts outside as well because people will be inspired by, hey, actually, how did you quiet that down? Or how did you work with that? You know, and that we're doing it right here, right? How, like, I'm hopefully sharing something that's supportive to other people. So that was one of the, like a really, really, really big shift. And in fact, can't help but do this, but even in the same episode, one of the things she said was, you know, we talk about mindfulness and presence and then obviously trying to build a future because she was running for politics in a brighter future for America. So how do you consolidate that? You're a spirituality teacher that's, you know, obviously present moment, but then also, you know, the future. And how do you reconcile those? Like how do you plan for the future whilst also trying to honor the present moment? And her response, it was also the way she articulated that really just funk, like changed something for me. She goes, it's a spiritual practice for me to recognize that the future is best looked after 
by me being as present as possible in the present moment. And I love the word spiritual practice because it's, 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 it's not just faith that the future's looked after. It's like, I've actually got to go to work on this every day that, yeah, I do think about that stuff and I do worry about the future and the state of society and the way things are going to go. But it's our practice to know that that is best looked after by where I am most resourced, which is here in the present moment. I've got to do the best I can in every single moment that I've got. And that is actually what's going to change the future because that's just a culmination of many nows, many moments like this that are put together. Wow. That is so powerful. I have so much to say about that. It's, it's so true though. You know, and I feel like that's what can happen a lot of times when people go down a spiritual journey is there can be an unintentional abdication of responsibility of like, oh, I'm just going to trust the universe. And like, I'm just going to trust the universe. There's a fine line between like trusting the universe versus realizing you're the co-creator. So how you're co-creating right now in this moment is affecting the timelines of the future, right? Like that's taking the power back versus the universe will handle it. Well, you are the mm. universe, you know? And I feel like that's the space where sometimes people can uh, give a little too much power away, realizing like you are creating right now. Yeah. I, there's a big part of me that agrees with you. There's an, and I just like to open yeah. the conversation there a little bit because what I find also is, Different stories serve different people at different times is what I've come to learn. Yeah. Because, you know, for some people that are really control-oriented, embracing the chaos and going, universe has got this, mm -hmm. is actually medicine. You know, and it's like, but they're still trying to control. And it's like, embrace the chaos, surrender. Universe has got this. And so for those people, that is their medicine and that's what they've yeah. got to work with for that period of time. And then over time, it's like, oh, okay, and, you know, maybe give it two years and you've just completely embraced the chaos and now it's like you're looking around and it's like, nothing has any order and it's like okay actually what happened there is like, oh i'm co-creating and then you know it's a journey um i totally agree with you about the co-creator like life is incredible yeah. as a co-creator um but i think at different stages of our journey different stories serve us um mm -hmm. and yeah I, I, I dare not sort of talk one story down for fear that it is actually serving somebody depending on like yeah. at that particular juncture of their stories or yeah I, I totally agree. I feel like for me, it's this, I've been on both sides, I would say. And I feel like mm. it's the energy is like when you're allowing all of it, right? Like mm. to understand that it's like the co-creator piece. Like, that's why I love that word, like co-creator, mm. right? Versus just like, I am the creator. I love the word co-creator because there's that piece of like, all of us are connected and all of us are working together. And you can see it as the universe, my higher self, our higher selves, like all of us together, but it's like, we're all adding momentum in a certain direction. And that's mm. why I feel like I connect with what she was saying of like how I'm feeling right now and focusing on being present right mm. now is present and whatever we need at this moment, whether that is releasing control, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is what is allowing for the highest timeline. And we don't have to worry about what that looks like tangibly necessarily when you're mm -hmm. in the moment, right? So for me, that was a really powerful way of releasing that control, if that makes sense, was realizing totally. the co-creatorship. Co yeah. 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 Uh, I, I love that word as well. And I love the, uh, the intimacy that you've got with it. Got a yeah. lot of intimacy with it. Yeah. You know, there and, are certain things that like, yeah. certain people you can feel like, like that's, you know, yeah, I love, yeah. I love the word, but I also love how, how much it means to you. Yeah, for sure. Well, for me personally, it feels like that, inner, that like balanced masculine and feminine, like mm. both, both together versus 
leaning so far in either direction. Like mm. both are required, right? Like both are working together to harmonize and, and it were, it's a co-creation versus, you know, mm. what you had mentioned before. If you think about, you know, I think it'd be easy to go in one side versus the other, like yeah. masculine versus feminine. I think, you know, a lot of feminine rising. Yes. And also divine masculine is really important as well. You know, mm. like both together. Um, and it gives you that sort of even keel to sort of yeah. find yeah totally and that's why i love that word right and and with that word and co-creating like the last thing i want to touch on with you is i mean i can't let you go without talking about purpose <laughs> uh, <laughs> right and this is this is the like the classic question right and when people are on this journey to discovering what purpose means to them or what that looks like for them where do they start mm such a great question such a great question it's such a big question as well there's a cheeky part of me that goes let's go on the 12-month journey yeah <laughs> that conversation. that's fair i mean that's a fair that's a fair that's important i think that's really important though honestly that answer because i feel like you know sometimes sometimes we can ask questions like that with this energy of like um if someone me, comes me. in for a reading right and they're like what's yeah. my purpose and yeah. like they just want me to be like you know your purpose is to do this one specific thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> versus understanding purpose like as this journey right i think that's really yeah. powerful so there's many layers to that yeah because yeah before we even get out of the gate with purpose right let's let's start there so your purpose many people think it's a stagnant thing over time it shifts and changes and evolves yeah in life as you grow and you facilitate your purpose for a given time and then boom the next purpose will kick in and let's keep me humble in this conversation as well. Like after that sort of cheeky remark that, you know, I can support you for 12 months is I had an existential crisis because I had the realization that universe is perfect. Life is amazing. You're even when you're off purpose, you're right on purpose because all those pain points, all those six years of depression are giving you that moment to break through vroom, meditation drops into your life. And now you're aligned. And so do you demonize those six months, six years, or do you go, oh, that was actually on the way, not in the way. Yeah, so I've had that existential crisis. It's like, what is even my role? Like, even when people are off purpose, they're on purpose to recalibrating back towards their purpose because it's the biggest wake-up call is being off purpose to get back on purpose, right? But then I've just had to surrender that I'm a humble brother that just basically supports people on this path and we were meant to connect and I'm helping people with the wisdom and the lessons that I've learned and just sharing them on with them and I'm meant to sort of, the two souls are meant to meet at this particular time and go on the journey together. So, you know, that keeps me nice and humble. Right? So in that space, um, where do you start is a really good question. Oftentimes we obsess with purpose. Yeah. And I, I train this one in the actual purpose module and I'll, I'll answer this with two, two sort of access points. Right. So the first one is we, we obsess with purpose. Purpose is a function of serving your passions. So now I'm doing the training backwards, but you get to your purpose. Absolutely but it's a culmination of your passions being served to others. So then let's go backwards, back to first principles. It's like, okay, so passions, where do I get my passions from? Right? And your passions you do for you, but it's just that cup of passion as you continue to fill it up. I was having deep conversations. Christina was having deep conversations all oh, along before we had podcasts. Yeah, she, was, she wrote poetry long before she put a book out in the world on poems. Yeah, she was doing it for herself. This is passion. Yeah, and you do it and you do it. And over time, what will happen is you get this overflowing cup and things are just dripping over the cup. And it's like it's energizing you, but there's like little bits of extra energy that are just like boom, 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 boom. 
And then someone goes, hey, can we talk about that? And it's like, yeah, absolutely. I love talking about this. And they're like, yeah. And then it energizes them. And it's like, wow. And then your passion is fuel, like is overflowing cup. Sharing from that place to serve others from is one of life's biggest gifts, right? The fact that Christina and I right now are working is <laughs> a total mind fuck, pardon the French, yeah. right? <laughs> we absolutely love what we're doing right here right now, but we're actually working, yeah? Like I got up like 6.30 to do this. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's work. I was like, yeah. so excited to get to work. You know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's a total, but that's that passion cup and that's how important it is, right? And oftentimes I find people know that they're passionate about a couple of things and they quickly run to make that their purpose. Let's set up a business around it. Slow down, Rasta, slow down. Yeah, allow it to fill up your cup. Allow it to naturally for people. The podcast, I was doing the conversations and someone came out of the audience and was like, hey, will you coach me? And I was like, I've always wanted to be a coach. I'm not sure if I am. And they're like, just let's just have these chats that you're having. I was like, you're on, <laughs> you know, boom. And that from that overflows cup, I became a coach. Then speaking emerged. People were like, hey, come speak. And I was like, yep, let's do it. Boom. And so for the overflowing cup, the, the speaking emerged, right? Now, it's interesting because when you look at the business of the Inspired Evolution, people go, oh, the speaking and the coach is the revenue generating activities. Amrit's a coach and a speaker. But when I look at the business, it's like, no, the podcast is the backbone of my business. And they're like, what? It's, it costs you money to produce. That is, you have no idea about business. And I was like, you have no idea about energetics. <laughs> right? <laughs> because this True. is where I get to listen. This is where I get to learn. This is where I get to have the interesting conversations. This is everything. Right? And then the byproduct is being able to serve other people with the passion that's cultivated in the deep conversations that I get to have with the people that inspire me. Right? So that's passion. So we've talked about purpose, serving others brings us like, if we deconstruct that piece, let's start with passion. Don't race that head, fill up your cup. Now, how do I find my passions? Ah, great question. So from there, deconstructing that one step further is we are the universe looking in on ourselves, right? This is where coaching with Amrit always begins. If we can get into that same frame and we're in alignment, coaching is a yes. If we have a different sort of foundational sort of awareness around that, if you're not willing to come on board with that, then that's fine. Other coaches are suited to you. Yeah. Um, for me, we are the universe looking in on ourselves. And it's an incredible wish. Like the more you think about that, the more your mind just blows and then your heart just opens and your gut's just like relax. It's like, wow, I am a piece of the universe looking in on itself. Like right now, I'm looking in on myself from Christina's lens and whoa, like what is even just happening right now? It is just such a mystery. We'd like to think with science, we know what's going on. We have no idea, right? So from that place, a fundamental tenet of the fabric of reality is curiosity. Why is the universe looking in on itself? Why? And so in that, you've got curiosity as a key thing. So what are your curiosities? Because the universe has put you here now and you are looking in on yourself. What are your key curiosities? I like to sometimes think about the bee's eyes. You know how they've got those hexagonal eyes and they all look like. And so we all have a different set of shapes that we look out of, right? For me, and then we'll lead into this, is our values are very important, right? But how do you, like, what are your key curiosities, right? So for me, it's spirituality, it's entrepreneurship, it's communication, conversation, connection, serving others, celebrating life, honoring life, nature, music you know so these are the things that i get really curious about you know 
And so where you have a nexus, and now this is, let's bring the engineer into this, where you have a nexus of three to five or maybe even more curiosities, you have a seed for your passion. Yeah, so where you can ride a rope around, okay, I love deep conversation, I love spirituality, I love entrepreneurship, I love, you know, listening, I love, you know, connecting with others. There's five things right there that the podcast helps me with. I'm curious about these things. I've got a passion around podcasting now, right? So where you start is looking at your curiosities. And that makes it so much easier, I found, in coaching because people, oh, what's my passion? What am I passionate about? I don't even know. Oh, it's been so long since I wasn't passionate about anything. I've been working this nine-to-five job and I was doing my head in. It's like, what are you curious about? Like, and that's just like pick up your phone. What have you been YouTubing? Pick up your phone. What are, you, what are the TikTok videos you're watching, right? What are you reading at the moment? What is in your stuff at home? Like when you look around, like there's a guitar right here. There's books around here. You know, there's like, I'm in, like that's the stuff I'm into. You fill your space with the things that you're curious about. And you can start right there, right? It's always been right there. So the journey of getting to purpose is fulfilling your curiosities, allowing them to play and then expressing, self-expressing those curiosities into bubbling into giving them permission to play and then bubbling them into a passion, cultivating those passion, like you said, turning it into a hobby and going, I'm going to do more of this just because I love it and it energizes me to do it. And then eventually it'll just start serving others and boom, you've got your purpose. I love that so much. <laughs> The key place to start, right? So we've talked about curiosities. If you want to really sort of hack it and go, how do I really understand who I am as an individual that I'm put here to facilitate the work that I'm here to do on the earth? Understand your values, yeah? So for me, it's connection, contribution, celebration. Yeah, so whenever you meet Amrit, you're actually meeting these three words. Now, they mean something very like, you know, what co-creator means to Christina, what connection means to me. It's connection to my family. It's connection to my God. It's connection to nature. It's connection to friends. It's connection to, like, connection is a really big word for me. Yeah, like, it's huge. Connection is my highest value. Yeah. Contribution, right? Health is purpose. Purpose is health. Yeah. So contribution is about service, which is about purpose, which is actually means health to me. Like people look at contribution, that doesn't mean health to you, but it does to me, yeah? So I got really clear on what my values are and there are really easy ways to figure out your values and I run people through a values exercise as well. Um, at the risk of sort of blowing out the, the time on this podcast, you can check it out in spidevolution.com forward slash values. There's a whole training there on how to figure out your values. It literally takes less than an hour for you to basically go, and I'll run you through it really quickly. There's a whole list of values. And you just circle the ones that any word that means something to you. Then you collect those terms. You give those terms, boom, 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 you know, and then you go, okay, these are the key words that matter the most to me. And then you sort of put the energies of the words together in terms of these are the ones that mean the same thing like joy, uh, happiness, creativity could mean the same thing to you or wealth, prosperity, and abundance might mean the same thing. You collect them and then you pick a word for each of those. And now you've kind of got, the constellation of values, you just order them in your hierarchy. And you go, these are my top five, 10 values. And it, it sounds so simple. It'll take you an hour of your life. Many of you listening won't do it, unfortunately. But when you look at it, yeah, like now that I know, when Christina's like, do you want to jump on a podcast? I'm like, do I get to connect? Do I get to contribute? Do I get to celebrate life? Absolutely, I'm there. Mind Value turned around to me three years ago. Do you want to start, a, a help us build a, a coaching program? Do I get to connect to people? Do I get to contribute to people? Do I get to celebrate life? It's all a yes. We didn't even talk about how much they were going to reimburse me for it. It was like, yep, I'm on. 
right? Because yeah. it, it connects to what I'm here to do. Those those are the pillars of Amrit and that's what Amrit's here to do. That's who Amrit is. Let's do it. Like, no questions asked, yeah? Mm. So your values become really supportive in decision-making. They help with ironing out so much on your way. Like there's heaps I can talk about, but accessing your curiosities and getting clear on your values are two really epic places to start. And that's usually where I start in my coaching as well. And then we go on the journey. Now there are places where, you know, things evolve over time and you're confronted by things. And it's like, yeah, I'm curious about this, but how do I even go about that? That's where coaching is really supportive to have someone sort of in your corner, egging you on, supporting you and going, Hey, try this or Hey, it's okay to fail at some stuff. Go fail. (laughs) You know, all those bits and pieces come with the coaching journey. Wow. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's so helpful to have that filter, right? With so many options and choices and just start to narrow it down, like what you were describing with the values. I've never thought yeah. of it that way. And it's it's so helpful for people. So we'll put that in the in the show notes for sure. And I'm I bet I bet many people will do it. I'm hoping many people <laughs> many people actually do it. Uh, you know, so my listeners are dedicated. They're they're gonna do yeah. it for sure. Like, they're so. gonna figure out their values. Even 60 minutes, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. I've watched people do it in 20. Like I've watched yeah. people do it in 20 minutes. Like it's it's totally doable. I hope so. I re- I sincerely hope you do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. And and the curiosity thing, I'm so glad that you pointed that out. I mean, that's why I asked that question at the beginning to every guest of, you know, what are you into right now? Because it's just a subtle way of being like, like what's lighting you up? You know, what are you yeah. late night Googling? What are you reading about? Like, <laughs> like I want to know, right? Because what's underneath that for me, it's it's that the energy of being lit up. And I feel like one of the things that I love about the way you describe this and just what you embody as you're as you're communicating and and like interviewing, right? Like you interviewing me, like you love what you do. Like it is playful. It is fun. It's it's a, con- it's a it's a contribution to other people, and it's a contribution to you, right? Mm. And I think that's so important because you know I think sometimes it can be easy to get in this energy of like it's almost like a work. It's a work energy, but it doesn't feel like work. Versus mm. like what is play for you, right? Yeah. And your curiosity leads you to play, and I think that's that's so important. And it's different for everybody, right? Yeah, it's, it's unique to the individual. One hundred percent. Well, this has been amazing and I could talk to you for hours, but we'll have to cap it there. Maybe I'll have to come back sometime. Uh, And everyone's going to want to connect further with you. So can you just let them know the best places to find you and where they can connect? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to connect with me personally, Facebook's a great place. Facebook.com forward slash Amrit Sand. I dropped the H in the U because that was already taken. Um, but the the YouTube is the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. And that's actually me writing back to all the comments that everybody drops. And I'm a big fan of YouTube. That's really where we're dedicating everything to at the moment. Um, yeah, so I'm spending most of my time actually engaging with everybody on YouTube. But obviously, you don't get to PM me on YouTube. So if you want to PM me, hit me up on, um, yeah, via Facebook Messenger. But uh, the the key thing as well is new website has just launched Amrit.coach. Um, so go check out Amrit.coach. And if you are interested in coaching or resources or courses and stuff like that, all dedicated to purpose and self-expression and stuff like that, um, leadership content on its way as well. So all that stuff is Amrit.coach um, online there to serve you as a resource. So yeah, I hope to hear from you at the very least. Please do go subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast. We do similar conversations um, to what you're experiencing here and now every week, and it'll just keep you abreast of everything that launches in, on, on a weekly basis. Yeah, Absolutely. It's a must listen. I listen. So everybody, definitely Yay. check it out. All those links will be in the show notes for everyone. This was so amazing. So thank you again so much. 
Thank you so much, Sister Bear. I really, really appreciate the grace and humility with which you open up your interviews and just the, yeah, there's just so much light in it. I really, really, really enjoyed myself here today. Thank you for what you do and how you show up in the world. Really appreciate it. Oh, huge thank you to Amrit for coming on the podcast and sharing so much incredible information. Be sure to check his podcast out, the Inspired Evolution podcast, and you can connect with him at inspiredevolution.com on Instagram at inspired underscore evolution and at amrit.coach also on YouTube and facebook.com slash inspired evolution. If you did enjoy this episode, be sure to take a screenshot, share to social media, tag me, tag at Christina, the channel podcast and tag Amrit at inspired evolution so that we can see that you're enjoying it. Say thank you and reshare it ourselves. That is going to be it for today's episode. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day and I'll chat with you again next time.